Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Objective Health. I am your host, Doug, and with me in the virtual studio are my co-hosts, Elliot and Erica. Hello. And Hi. in the background, on the ones and twos, is Damien, keeping it real. Hello. So today on our In the News show, <clears throat> where we look at the latest health headlines, we'll be covering a few different things. What I think we should start off with, though, is an article that appeared in The Telegraph that said manipulated Alzheimer's data may have misled research for 16 years. So basically what happened is a research study came out that showed that um, it was about the beta amyloid plaque in Alzheimer's patients. And it was basically showing as if beta amyloid plaque was the cause of uh, Alzheimer's. Um, this is basically a plaque that builds up in the brains of Alzheimer's patients. And what they were saying is that, yep, this is it. This is the thing. This is what's causing the Alzheimer's. And since then, since that study came out, because it was such a smoking gun, all other research has basically been based on this. So there's been research kind of looking at ways of reducing this plaque, um, all kinds of stuff, but basically using this study as kind of their basis. Well, it turns out this study was actually fraudulent. Um, the authors still say that it's it's legit and they aren't admitting, admitting to anything, but it's looking like the data was completely altered. Um, pictures being Photoshopped more or less to show um, what they wanted it to show. So yeah, go ahead, Elliot. I I just want to add. So so basically, you have this finding, which was that beta amyloid. This it's a it's a type of unfolded uh, type of protein. Um, this was this is found in lots of different diseases, right? And it was identified that this has this is the case in in dementia, Alzheimer's dementia. Although the earlier research basically didn't show like whether it was a consequence or whether it was a cure, a, a cause, right? And you had this uh, PhD, I think it was a postdoc, a postdoc researcher at the time, his name is Sylvain Lesney. And um, he, he claimed to have found basically this subtype or this oligomer, which is, uh, it's called amyloid beta 56 or amyloid beta star 56. And what they claim to have shown was that when you um i think it was when they when they like when they manipulated animals to have higher amounts of this of this protein that they would develop this model of of alzheimer's dementia so that was considered like the smoking gun right and this was at the, at the university of minnesota minnesota they claimed to have isolated this particular protein and that it had all of these effects now what's interesting is that ever since then in multiple different studies in other research institutions, they've never been able to isolate this protein, right? So all of the data based on the, the this supposedly supporting the idea that amyloid beta cause, causes Alzheimer's is based on this protein being isolated and this pro protein being like the, the smoking gun. And yet a lot of other research around this area has not found it. They've not identified it as a cause and they never identified it. They've ne never even isolated it. Okay. So a lot of it was stemming from this Lesney's research and you had 
billions, I think it's billions, at least hundreds of millions, but I'm pretty sure it's multiple billions that has been invested in trying to identify ways to reduce amyloid beta because they believe, because the research community, because of this groundbreaking study, they, they've been led to believe that amyloid beta was the cause. And so you've had like 20 years of research on Alzheimer's disease, which has been hyper-focused, narrowly focused on ways to improve amyloid beta, to reduce it, to get rid of it. Drugs which have been uh, you know, made to get rid of amyloid beta, to prevent the accumulation of amyloid beta. And all of it is based on this research, which like you just said, Doug, was shabby to begin with. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Seems to be a theme. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I remember even, you know, back 10, 15 years ago, people were already questioning the um, amyloid plaque uh, model of Alzheimer's. That there was, you know, some maybe fringe researchers or something like that who were talking about how amyloid beta might actually be a um, protective mechanism within the brain and that the the cause of Alzheimer's might be something else and that the plaque may be a um, a consequence of that, a, a protective mechanism that the, the brain kind of um, um, activates in order to protect from whatever actually is causing the Alzheimer's problem. I don't know how much more research has been done on that. But... Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's... It's interesting. The way that this actually came about, right, is that you had uh, there's there's a really long piece on science.org and it's a it's a super long piece of uh, of work. But basically, um, in this article, it talks about uh, all of this came about in 2021. There's a, a neuroscientist. His name is Matthew Schrag, and he is a professional researcher in the field. He's got a position at a university and he was called as a consultant um, to basically assess the uh, the efficacy of some of the studies that had been performed by uh, a, a drug developer, okay? And there was, I think there was, um, there was some suspicion that maybe some of the research behind it was fraudulent. And so that's how he had originally got interested in, in looking at this. Anyway, there was a sequence of events that essentially led him uh, through his techniques of looking at the research papers and assessing the, the quality of the studies and assessing the quality of the images, he's essentially uh, drawn to the, this, this original paper and, and many of the papers that came out of the original group of researchers who, who ident identified and claimed beta amyloid to be the cause of Alzheimer's. Uh, in his in his work, what he did was he used these techniques to um, manipulate the images of uh, uh, that were present in the study to see the discrepancies between the images to make sure that they were all different images that they hadn't been doctored in any way. And so, what he essentially found was that in that original paper, you know, that smoking gun, um, that in that paper, many of the images which claimed to have showed certain effects had actually been doctored okay and so then what he did was he saw this and he was like wow okay if this if there's some kind of mistake here then maybe this is also the case for many of the other papers that they've also published 
So he went on to this, this, this scientist, Lesney, he went onto his um, on his publication list and looked at many of the other publications which he's also published, and it turns out that many of the other other images are also doctored. So, for instance, what you'll find is that um, there'll be four images uh, and then four images below that, and they they they're said to be like full versions of of of, of um, they're basically all said to be different <laughs> images, right? And it turns out that all you have to do is change the contrast and changes a couple of the other variables, and the images are basically exactly the same. Mm. So what it looked like from this researcher's position was that this guy had basically just gone in there, had edited some of the, the pictures, and then stuck them in again to make it look as though the results meant that beta amyloid was causing this disease. Okay, And so he found this among multiple other studies that this guy's published, and mm. then they took it to some independent um, technology like uh, an and analyzers or the people who specialize in this field basically and they agreed with a lot of his results and said look um some of these things could be put down to maybe some kind of a technical mistake you know as you're rendering the images sometimes there's a, a lack of quality sometimes it might duplicate certain things but the chances are that for all of these things to merely be a mistake uh, that is highly unlikely and at least some of these have been intentionally doctored, meaning that this researcher had intentionally gone there, manipulated the images, stuck them in there, and then published it in very, very well-to-do scientific journal journals, and it has not been picked up. And that was more than 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so this is like, this is serious criminal activity on the part of this researcher. Yeah. Sounds like a real psychopath if you ask me. Um, but I mean, this guy has gained major notoriety over the past 20 years. He's, you know, he's, one, I won't say the godfather, but he, he, he's a very, very, very influential figure, figure in Alzheimer's research because he's considered to be the genius who identified the cause of Alzheimer's. Right. Turns out that that's not the case and that this guy is actually a fraud. Well, makes you wonder how many studies out there that are considered groundbreaking studies were actually just fraudulent yeah yeah there was that was that other statistic a while back talking about how you know maybe up to 50 percent of scientific studies weren't actually performed in 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 the correct way and right. that the results may just be completely false but on the topic of what you said before and i think this is very pertinent is that there have been people um ever since the beginning who questioned the concept that amyloid beta was the cause of Alzheimer's because amyloid beta is actually found in multiple different health conditions. In fact, what they found is that when the brain is under stress, then the brain naturally produces amyloid beta. And that when the brain becomes uh, like returns to normal and overcomes that stressor, the amyloid beta goes down. Mm. Okay. So it actually naturally dissolves amyloid beta. So there's been interesting research showing that, like you said, a, a, a protective mechanism for amyloid beta, there's, there's numerous lines of evidence, which would suggest that it can protect against um, uh, insulin resistance in the brain for one, or can counteract some of the negative effects of insulin resistance. And that's pertinent because up to a third of cases of Alzheimer's actually have been shown to have uh, a disturbed glucose metabolism in the brain. That's why it's referred to as type three diabetes. So again, might this be one of the reasons why the brain produces amyloid beta? There's a lot of evidence which would suggest that it might. Uh, there's a very good overview, which was only published in 2018, which is titled The Physiological Roles of Amyloid Beta Peptide 
hint at new ways to treat Alzheimer's disease. So what they're talking about is this concept and the evidence which shows the um, possible roles for amyloid beta being protective. These are including uh, protecting the body from infections. So what you see if, the, if there's chronic Lyme disease or any other cr kind of chronic infection that's made its way into the central nervous system, it can be one of the ways in which it protects against the negative effects of that infection. Uh, another thing that it can do is it can repair leaks in the blood-brain barrier, which we know to be a problem in Alzheimer's. Uh, it can promote the recovery from injury. Like I said, it can protect the cells against stresses. And it also may help to actually uh, maintain the connection between neurons via the synapse. So when the brain is naturally declining in function, say there is an infection, say that there's inflammation, again, it kind of is to be expected that the brain will make this protective substance to try to counteract some of those dangers. And really, it's very unfortunate because there was evidence which was showing this uh, over the past two decades. But as one of the researchers describes, he says that there was basically like a, an amyloid beta mafia. That's what mm. they said. They, they says like it's so it's so difficult to get any funding for research in Alzheimer's disease that's not focused on reducing amyloid beta, simply because most of the research grants were looking at amyloid beta as the cause. And what we've seen is that if you look at the majority of uh, of evidence using drugs which reduce amyloid beta, not only are they not effective for Alzheimer's disease, in many cases they actually they they were worse off compared to controls. So, and and if we consider that amyloid beta might be protective, that would kind of make sense. Yeah. You know, if, if you reduce the protective substance, that would actually make things worse. So, yeah, major issue here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really interesting that you said that there's, there's this amyloid beta mafia, because I've heard of that about other fields of, of medical research and stuff like that. If, if somebody isn't going in the direction that the majority think is is the the place to go, then they just don't get the funding. You know, it's like it's just like in um, when we used to talk about diet research all the time, like the nutritional studies that were looking at um, low fat interventions. It was basically like if you weren't towing the party line about um, fat being bad, then you didn't get funded. You got nothing. You know, the idea that you could do a study that would show the benefits of saturated fat. It's like, no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to see it. So I'm not surprised. And, and you know, I think that. Um, I saw a video recently with um, Alan, um, uh, shoot, I can't remember his name. The guy who does the greening where he'll take like deserts basically and put animals on them and end up, we've talked about him before on the show. Anyway, somebody in the comments maybe could tell me, um, Alan something or other. And he was basically saying that, you know, the, the, when you see any kind of big breakthroughs in science, he's like, it never comes from the mainstream the guys who are all towing the party line, the guys who are all basically saying the same thing. It comes from the fringes. That's where you see these kind of big breakthroughs come through. You know, people who are, are looking at things from a different angle, not the people who are all trying to be the same and, you know, trying to protect their own asses, basically, and get their paychecks. So that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, like something like this would come out and then uh, uh, organized crime syndicate would kind of pop up around it and force all the research into one direction seems to be a theme yeah yeah well yeah moving on to our next topic um let's talk about the dutch farmers because we haven't spoken about them previously on the show even though they've been going for quite a while now um so basically uh 
I want to say everybody has probably heard of this now, but the thing is, it's not being covered. It isn't being covered in the mainstream press at all. Uh, I think Fox News maybe has brought it up a couple of times, but for the most part, it's it's radio silence on this. Basically, there is a huge protest going on with the farmers in the Netherlands right now. Um, and they are fed up with uh, the government trying to force in environmentally friendly, and I'll put that in quotes, environmentally friendly um, rules, laws. This is, yeah. <laughs> to um, force these farmers to um, reduce their herds. Some of them have to relocate their farms. Some of them are going to lose their farms altogether. And it's all in the name of reducing greenhouse gases, which, of course, anybody who has watched this show before um, knows that that is a pile of bunk. So basically, the farmers are fighting back. Um, let me just read a couple of bits from here. Currently, the Dutch government has embarked upon an ins insane efforts to slash greenhouse gases and reduce the amount of nitrogen ammonia in the soil by 30 to 70% by 2030. The Netherlands House of Representatives has released a statement which said, the honest message is that not all farmers will continue in business. Those who do will, those who do will have to farm differently. So the farmers are out on the streets They've got their, their tractors out there. They are blocking highways, blocking traffic, blocking um, supermarkets so that they can't get their deliveries of food. They are serious. They're really, um, yeah. Well, and they produce like 40% of the world's food. Like I think a lot right. of people don't realize the seriousness of this and the dictates that the Dutch government is putting them under, you know, there's all this money to be spent, but it's in one kind of focus. It's not like regenerative farming or alternatives to, to things that, you know, obviously don't work, but it's like do or die kind of thing. And mm -hmm. uh, you can watch some of the farmers, like this is basically just destruction. 100%. And it's very clear to them what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, how they just kind of use it as like, oh, all of a sudden now you're the polluters and you're terrible and, you know, we're going to make you suffer as a result. Uh, it just seems so blatantly obvious, I guess, for us, because we've been following it for so long, but it just seems like another way to just kind of put the clamp down on people that are actually producing goods that are required and needed in the future and uh you know making them kind of the scapegoats oh well they use animal fertilizer but i mean when you don't have fertilizer available animal uh you know urine or animal byproducts helps so i don't know it just seems so obvious about what they're trying to do being yeah. that it's such a huge producer of meat and dairy in particular. And so it's kind of that whole spin, like meat is bad and vegetables are good. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it really plays into, conveniently plays into the hands of the WEF, Agenda 2030, all those kinds of things. All the stuff that used yeah, the, to be- The green agenda on steroids, really. Right. Like I think right. they tried to, they tried the soft approach. Like, I mean, we've been covering this for years, you know, that the veganism thing, and then now they're going full, um, 
you know, boot on your neck kind of thing. Like, yeah. no, there's no, and the farmers say they're, they, they have alternatives, but when they present them to the Dutch government that they're just outright shot down, there's yeah. no, it's like they said, oh, we want comment, but then they really don't. So they're acting like there's a discussion going on, but, um, you know, basically the estimates about 30% of all farms could be out of business in the Netherlands by 2030. And that's huge. That's... Yeah. Well, a similar thing happened in, um, was it Sri Lanka recently? Mm -hmm. With the uh, fertilizer thing, they weren't going to sell fertilizer anymore because they decided it wasn't good for the environment. And so basically all the farmers were basically unable to do anything. And um, it was a huge uprising there. Yeah, and kind of the headlines that people see about Sri Lanka is, oh, Sri Lanka tried to go organic and it failed. Now they're starving yeah. to death. Right. And it's like, you kind of left out some key information and all that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's what, what's my favorite word? Nuanced? It's a little yeah. bit more nuanced than that. A little bit more nuanced. <laughs> well, the other thing is, too, is that these uh, farmer protests are actually catching on. There are other places around the world that are starting to... Um, there's an uprising starting there as well. Germany, Germany, Italy, Spain, Poland. Um, I think there's other places too. I mean, certainly in France, the farmers... India for sure. Oh, I yeah, mean, India. that one in India has been going on for a long time, but India too. Mm -hmm. Well, France has for a very long time as well. Um, it's uh, the, the the same type of idea, but they you saw footage of farmers dumping manure on. Uh, government municipal uh, buildings and things like that because they are pissed off and a couple of years ago they were actually blocking train tracks and stuff like that as well as part of their protest so i'm with the farmers i say go farmers go right um, you can support them by wearing a little bandana around your neck with a v-shape that's how the uh that's how the uh, dutch farmers are showing solidarity with each other it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of you know, like a little signature that you support them. One thing that's interesting is I was looking today, talk about news coverage. Uh, PBS actually published an article yesterday uh, on their news hour about Dutch farmers dump manure garbage on roads to protest plans, planned emissions reductions. And the way that they paint it in the article, I won't read the whole article, but basically they're making it look like it's, um, a safety issue. Police urged them to stop for safety reasons, and they were investigating who was responsible. So it did get a little bit of airplay, but it mm -hmm. makes them look like, um, you know, it's very extreme now. People are being threatened. You know, it's it's making it look like it's uh, violent. You know, and in a sense, like they're just trashing the place, and that they don't have any real grievances to share. Um, it said Dutch media reported that one location a sign was left behind that said, sorry for the inconvenience route uh, is driving us to despair, a reference to Prime Minister Root's coalition government. And uh, they want the farmers to halt what they're describing as dangerous situations. So that's about yeah. the uh, that's about the extent of media coverage that we're getting in the US as far as PBS goes. So yeah, but that was kind of interesting. Nothing about like, you know, the genuine concerns about the fact that you're cutting off people's yeah. livelihoods. Well, they're deliberately 
like shrinking the the farming industry you know that they, they are talking about reducing the number of pigs chickens and cows by about 30 percent um yeah and it's all in the it, you know it's all under the guise of reducing levels of nitrogen pollution but i mean i think that this pretty obviously plays into their like created food crisis thing that we've we've talked about this in the past on on the show here um it really seems like you know at this point it's it's hard to say that it's not deliberately what they're doing i mean you've got a recession you've got a war going on let's slash the the farming industry you know you got supply chain issues and all this other kind of stuff as well let's stop producing as much food like how does that make any sense any sense at all it seems pretty obvious that they are doing this deliberately and they're saying it's it's such a thin veneer to say it's oh it's uh it's because of the environment it's like it's such bullshit it's absolute bullshit. Well, and it, it says here that the EU has earmarked an extra $24 billion to fund the changes. <laughs> so that's a lot of money to put into destroying agriculture and creating something new <laughs> and improved. So that's a lot of money. That, that to me seems like massive conflict of interest and the green agenda on steroids and all kinds of nastiness, you know, yep. instead of actually funding your farmers and they know there's alternatives that they could do without having to eliminate them. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money to work with to do that. So, yeah. Well, speaking of the green agenda, Erica, you found this one, which is uh, a real gem. <laughs> So in Scientific American of all places, which is it, it that's it's just become trash at this point. <laughs> Scientific American. I, I find it garbage. comical reading. Comical yeah. reading these days. Like, what yeah. are they gonna say today? Yeah. They should call it unscientific American, but maybe that's a little bit too on the nose. Anyway, the headline is Eating too much protein makes pee a problem pollutant in the US. So <laughs> The general gist of it is that if you eat too much uh, protein, there's too much urea in your urine, and that can uh, upset ecosystems by um, increasing algae, etc. And it's all your fault. It's because you eat too much protein. And although it's not said, the underlying message here is that you're eating too much meat. Really, what you need to do is, I mean, they, they actually say in the article, oh, it doesn't mean that everybody has to go vegetarian. What it could mean is that you could still have your burgers and steak, but just don't have them as often. And if you have high protein in one meal, then don't have high protein the next meal. It's, you know, even the very first premise of the article is that in the U.S., people eat more protein than they need to. Is that true? Is that actually <laughs> true? What are they going by there? You know, what, who knows how much protein is the right amount of protein? There's so much. It's like, it's not, that's, that's not a settled thing, right? There are so many different opinions on how much protein is enough protein. You know, if, you, if what they're probably looking at are the figures that come out that they put out in order to, uh, what's the word, kind of spin things so it looks like malnourished countries aren't as malnourished as they actually are. You know, they'll put out a figure like, oh, everybody needs at least 0.6 grams of protein per kilogram, right? That's very low, but they'll say something like that. I don't know if that's the actual figure they, they say, but they'll say something like that in order to make it look like these, you know, oh, you know, things are improving. They're not as malnourished as, as they used to be. It's like those, that, that is not an accurate figure. 
Some people say it requires one gram of protein per kilo. Some people go up as high as 1.5 grams per kilo. So for them, right off the bat, for them to say Americans are eating too much protein, I call bullshit. Honestly, I, do, oh, I don't total. know where they're getting that figure from. Yeah, and, and to add to that, I mean, <clears throat> this whole thing about nitrogenous waste being bad for the environment, it's like, dude, it's like environment 101, the soil loves nitrogen. Yeah. That is yes. what makes soil, for God's sake. It's yeah. And plants. Right. And plants grow. Precisely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the ways in which you grow plants is by feeding them nitrogen, yeah. which is actually one of the best sources is coming from dead animal carcasses, right? That's how animals, after dying, they contribute to the ecosystem. It's like their bodies don't go to waste. They rot. Not only are they fed on by you know, scavengers, but then they actually brought into the ground and nourished the soil, mm -hmm. right? And so the concept, yeah, when we eat protein, like it, it's a really good system. It works really well. Yeah. Like we have to get rid of that nitrogen. So we pee it out, but that just goes back into the environment, right? Yeah. And he's saying, right. uh, oh yeah, it may feed toxic algal blooms. It's like, what are the chances of it feeding toxic al algal blooms? Like, likelihood is it's going back into the just into the ecosystem where it's meant to be what is likely feeding things like toxic algal blooms is like oil spills is bloody pumping glyphosate pumping god knows how many other like toxic man-made chemicals into the ocean which is utterly destroying the uh the ecology within the ocean protein metabolism and protein breakdown doesn't work like that it's like humans like animals it's like saying okay it's like saying lions shouldn't eat as much protein you know carnivorous <laughs> carnivorous uh, apex predators shouldn't eat as much protein yeah they because that's bad for the environment they need it's to like destroying the savannah meatless yeah, monday they're destroying, they're destroying like, africa <laughs> i think yeah, it the, probably the, comes down to a waste management problem like maybe just don't dump sewage into waterways. Like maybe that's the answer. Like maybe you should be just be a little bit smarter with how you actually deal with this stuff and don't just like, you know, because sure, maybe, maybe in massive concentrations that it is bad for it. It probably is. But I mean, like you're saying, Elliot, like this is, this is the natural stuff that soil needs. Like there's gotta be ways of, of, of dealing with this that doesn't involve just dumping it into places and then saying, oh, it's a problem. So you have to eat less meat. Well, my theory on this is that um, they are using human pee as the scapegoat for what Elliot was just saying, chemical fertilizers. I yeah, mean, right. I found an article on SOT from 2009 about dead zones spreading across the world. And it is from major source of pollutant is fertilizer runoff from uh, industrial agriculture. So they're just kind of turning that now to humans you're so bad you're terrible and you know they've known this this article i was just quoting from is 2009 i mean they've known this for years and they continue to allow glyphosate to go into the waterways and they don't deal with the environmental aspect of big farming and too before that it was CAFOs, those centralized animal feed lots, you know, completely unregulated, polluting. So now they're just kind of sweeping all that behind you. And now it's you pesky humans that want to do the, you know, carnivore diet. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Like, exactly. Just, 
just changing, blaming the, the next character instead of, yeah, I thought it was really kind of obvious. That's why I chose to share that. Yeah, article. it like, is. It's so transparent. I mean, it just, it fits in with the same agenda, just what we were talking about with the Dutch farmers. Right. It's really right. like, it's, it's all, you know, it's all feeding that same agenda. That's what they're trying to push. Well, unfortunately we're actually out of time here so i don't think we're going to make it to our next our last article but maybe we'll talk about that one next time because uh it's a good one yeah sorry one 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 thing i'd like to to just say is that um nitrogen like on on top of what erica you were just saying nitrogen is used um in different types of fertilizers i've, I've just googled it googled it because i'm interesting it says understanding the different nitrogen types in fertilizer so 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 it's not as though the majority of nitrogen is coming from urea which is urinated out from humans i mean think of the sheer amount that is probably being dumped and that form of nitrogen is probably a lot worse for things like toxic algal blooms or whatever um than than the nitrogen that's that's naturally found in urea so i think again they're just basically like they're gaslighting people and they're, they're shifting blame away from big industry which is which has always been the 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 biggest polluter of basically everything bad right, right. it's like anything <laughs> you look at like for instance they they do it with the uh you know trying to save fuel and recycling and all of this other stuff as though the average person's output of energy or usage of energy has any like bearing on the sheer amount that is used by big industry. Same as the, you know, like this concept of a carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Okay. If you're really going to go after the people with the big carbon footprints, well, people have got like billions of times the carbon footprint as the average person, the massive industries. So it's like, again, they're, they're foisting the blame onto the average person. It probably hits multiple targets. Not only do they draw attention away from big agriculture and what they do to the environment which has been going on for decades but they also have to sneak in uh the concept of of you know reducing your animal animal food consumption mm -hmm. so it's just like it's it's transparent on multiple levels and it's it's disingenuous and a waste of time i agree 100 percent. definitely all right well <clears throat> that is our show for this week. Be sure to like, subscribe, share amongst your friends, uh, and we will see you with another exciting topic on the next show. Bye, everybody. <laughs>